0: Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm Bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, the Golden State Debate. Harry brings the case against his best friend, Dan. He and Dan grew up together in New York State, but Harry took off after college to try and make it in L.A. Harry thinks Dan should shake things up and join him. Their mutual friend, Sammy, says it makes more sense for Dan to stay put. Dan says he can see advantages to both. So, who is right? Only one man can decide. Please rise. As Judge John Hodgman... Enters the courtroom.
1: Dan, you gotta go. Please, please, there's no time. Don't worry about us. We'll be all right. Get out of here! Can't you see we don't want you anymore? Why can't you go back to where you come from? Leave us alone! Go! Oh, Jesse, swear
0: Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever?
2: I do. Yep. Whatever. Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling despite the fact that he left his hometown, then later returned to buy it all? I do. <laughs> yes. yes. Very well. Judge Hodgman? I'm prepared to make a summary judgment
1: uh, in favor of the person who can name the piece of culture that I was very poorly performing uh, as, uh, as I walked into the courtroom.
3: Was that
2: Free Willy?
1: nice but no
2: i was gonna defer to harry on this i'm sorry what did you say what did you say you were gonna defer to what i was gonna defer to harry on this to harry to
1: to harry just harry or also harry and the hendersons
2: uh there there oh damn no no i wasn't trying to guess no i was just saying that Uh, i
1: see well you would have guessed correctly dan
2: i see curses
1: you see, you can You are someone who uh, cannot make up his mind about where to live. I understand. <laughs>
2: That's correct.
1: And uh, your friends feel that they know better than you uh, in uh, terms of whether or not you are to stay in your hometown of White Plains or potentially move to Los Angeles to uh, live and make uh, Harry's life uh, less lonely. Is that correct? Absolutely. They, They've excuse started me, litigation me, Harry. I'm explain. talking to Dan now.
2: I'm sorry. You got it, Dan. I apologize. Uh, Oh, uh, that's all right, Judge. Harry, um, Harry
1: is a pushy person, isn't he? Yes, <laughs> I understand. I can see free will, free willie indeed. This is an unusual case for the court of Judge John Hodgman. We have we have three essentially. It is a custody battle. We we have two people vying for the custody of your friendship, Dan. And so I am going to sit you uh, over in a sad little corner. Uh, are you adjusting? Who's adjusting his microphone now? That was Harry.
4: It's Harry. Harry, what? Harry, <laughs> I'm.
1: I'm going to warn you one more time, sir. No more outbursts, no more futzing with your microphone. Do you understand?
3: You got it. If you want hands in the air,
1: if you want custody of your friend, you're going to follow the rules of this court. Dan, will you please take your seat in the um in the in the sad tiny little chair over in the corner there, please, while we discuss your fate. Very good. So it comes to Harry and Sammy. Two people who presumably have uh, names that do not make them sound like members of the Rat Pack. Uh, what, is your, what is your actual name, Harry?
3: My actual name is Harry. Oh, it is. So that's your given name? Yes. It's my given name. It's not short for anything.
1: All right. Very well. It's acceptable. Sammy? Thank you.
4: I'm Samantha, Samantha. technically. All right.
1: Technically, Samantha. Very well. Samantha, Dan. you are representing uh, the side of White Plains, New York, where the three of you grew up together. Is that correct?
4: That is correct.
1: And, uh, and Harry, you are representing Los Angeles, the debauched uh, exotic city that you moved to in order to put the dust of White Plains far behind you and make a new life for yourself as a microphone futzer and Free Willy fan. Is that correct?
3: Absolutely correct.
1: All right. You want Dan to join you? Why?
3: I want Dan to join me because I think that his time in White Plains has come to an end. He's done all that he's going to do there, and it's time for him to move on to the next phase of his life and do new exciting things in a new place.
1: Okay, but don't you think that's Dan's decision to make?
3: I don't, no. Why so? Um, (laughs) I've known Dan now for about 14 years. How old are you, you, sir? I'm 25. Okay, okay. Uh, Dan is a, a really smart, awesome, thoughtful person, but he can also be very wishy-washy and needs a little bit of help getting himself pushed in the right direction.
1: What is he? What should he be doing that he is not doing now?
3: Um, that that part is up to Dan. He um he's done a lot of really interesting, creative things. Uh, he does some writing and he's done some producing of short films our friends have made, and he. Uh, put together with Sammy uh, an awesome zine that uh, combined the writings of a bunch of different friends of ours. And since in, in a little while, he hasn't done any of them.
1: I'm sorry, is this, when did he make
3: the zine? Uh, he made a series of them over the course of the last uh, year or so with Sammy.
1: I see. And did, did something happen? Did I, did I fall down well, and hurt my head and wake up in 1993? Punk lives. Well, punk hey. certainly lives,
2: but zines don't.
0: Do
1: they? Zines live. Oh, zines okay. live.
2: They, they do live.
1: Oh, okay, okay, everyone, just relax.
2: Passed from grubby hand oh, to grubby
1: Jesse, hand.
0: Jesse, Jesse, oh. shut your pie holes.
1: <laughs> Please set up the crossbows around my bench. I fear a courtroom mutiny. I apologize. Look, I used to subscribe to Fact Sheet Five. Okay, guys, I'm I'm with you on the zines. I just didn't know this was still a thing that young people are doing. This is like uh, this is like uh, you, you like listening to cassette tapes too.
2: No, um, nobody listens to cassette tapes. That's not true, actually. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, our friend just released yeah. her album on a cassette.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <There was laughs> like, her album on a cassette. It, It's like a hipster thing. It's like a, because it's an obsolete product, so people are into it.
1: So, Los Angeles, seems like you're a little bit behind the times. Don't you know that White Plains uh, is down with the cassette tape movement? Don't you understand that it is the cultural center of Westchester County? Sammy. <laughs> it's the county
4: you... seat. What? That's true. It is the
3: county seat.
1: <laughs> you know what? I, I heard it from Sammy, okay, Free you, Willie? Just we need you back up on everything. All right. I know that you're the smart one who left town. That's right. Right? But we've established yes. already that even you don't know about cassette tape culture. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I don't need to hear from Los Angeles about the county seat of Westchester County. Okay? You, get, you got it. It's time for the hometown to speak.
4: I'm arguing for White Plains, but I'm also arguing for New York, which is very close to White Plains, where we spend a lot of our time. Wow. So New York clearly wins everything.
1: <laughs> well, wait, wait a minute. Now you think you may think that you're uh, you're buttering me up because I I live in New York City. But uh, no, no, I no. I don't. I don't you... necessarily believe that New York is the right place for for everyone. And lots of times, I encourage people to go to Los Angeles.
4: Well, I think New York oh. is the right place for Dan.
1: <laughs> I mean, in terms of in terms of big cities for people to go to to pursue the arts, for you know, it, I think it really depends on on people's sense, you know, sensibilities and what they're pursuing and and what they're into. More to the point, you're are you suggesting that Dan move to New York?
4: I think the eventual plan for Dan and myself was mm-hmm. sort of to get jobs in New York City and eventually move out of our parents' houses and move to New York. I don't think the plan is to stay in White Plains that much longer.
1: Uh, you also want to uh, pile a huge stack of zines throughout uh, White Plains and set them on fire and burn the whole thing down.
4: Well, no. No, I didn't say that.
1: <laughs> well, I don't. I'm sorry. I didn't want to Do reveal it. your plans.
4: What am I trying to say? Why New York is better than L.A.? No, no,
1: no. I'm, actually, I need you to, I need you to make a different argument because... How old are you? I'm 22. You're 22. Okay. And, uh, and Dan, you're 25. 25. Okay. And uh, what, what, what is your relationship to Dan, Sammy?
4: Best friend. Best (laughs) friend.
2: I, I have up to like four or five. Uh, Both of you two are uh, official best friends. Thanks. I just Uh, wanted to settle that before
4: the judge did.
1: This is, this is turning into a punk rock zine culture rom-com in front of my very eyes.
4: <laughs> Dream come true.
2: <laughs>
1: Sammy, uh, you, so you are not dating Dan, is that correct?
4: No, we are not dating.
2: We're heterosexual best friends.
4: Okay, well. So, so, <laughs> so when my parents are listening and when Dan's parents are listening to this, we're still not dating.
2: Yes.
1: Oh, but, that, but, but your, your respective parents agree with me that you guys are destined to get together.
4: Yeah, so does everybody in the world, and it's frustrating. Yeah, it's true. It, you know, we're really just friends. We've talked about how we're really friends mm-hmm. many times. We're really not interested in dating. Sure. Sure, no, I... Each other. Each other. Yeah. We're interested yeah. in dating
2: other people. This is, this is, We are dating other people. Yeah.
1: This is literally the Gen Z reboot of When Harry Met Sally in the making, going on right now. You two are planning to move to New York together, but you're just going to be friends. And the next thing you know... 20 years later, you're dragging a, a Christmas tree down the street to uh, to the sound of... Uh, what's a band you like?
4: Our, our favorite band is called Old Table. Oh, my
1: gosh. <laughs> old, old Table? <laughs> yes. All right. Now, listen, children. Stop Stop laughing at your own in-jokes and explain to me. Is this really your actual band?
4: Yeah, it's it our is. friend's band.
1: It's your friend's band? Oh, you're buzz marketing your friend's band.
2: It's our favorite
4: band. Yeah, they're like also them. our favorite band.
1: Uh, and so the next thing you know, it'll be New Year's Eve 20 years from now. And you guys are going to be kissing to the sound of Old Table. And uh, yes, Billy, Billy Crystal will make a cameo as as one of your grandmothers.
0: Hey, gang, Jesse here. We'll return to the courtroom in a moment. But first, credit where credit is due.
1: Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast, and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org, and they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join.
0: The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Stitch Fix.
1: You know that boost of confidence you get when you put on an outfit that just feels good? You know what that's like. That's what I get when I use Stitch Fix. With Stitch Fix, you get a human stylist, not AI, a human being who understands your style, size, and budget. They do all the shopping for you, and it's the easiest way to update your wardrobe this season or any other.
0: This professional stylist picks the clothes. They can either send you a box where anything you don't want is unbelievably easy to return, or they can make a little storefront for you just from stuff that they recommend for your taste and your body. Uh, It is an absolutely incredible service. They give you styling advice, outfit recommendations, the whole thing soup to nuts. And like I said, if you don't want it, if you don't like it, it is unfathomably easy to send it back. They give you an envelope that's big enough that has the postage and the labels on it. All you have to do is shove the thing in there, close it up and drop it off at your local mailing center. It is that easy.
1: Can I also say the stuff that my stylist at Stitch Fix picks for me? I really like it. Like, they know me. And it's really terrific. Plus, if you've got small people in your life, sadly, my small people are now adults shopping for themselves. But if you've got little kids, it's a terrific way to to get togs for your kids. Style that makes you feel as you, as you want to look. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash J-J-H-O. That's stitchfix.com slash J-J-H-O. Stitchfix.com slash J-J-H-O.
0: The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura Frames.
1: Hey, Mother's Day is coming up. Do you have a mom in your life that you'd like to celebrate? There are very few better ways than giving an Aura Frame to someone you care about these are beautifully Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos of your memories with your mom, stepmom, a mentor, friend, uh, whatever it is in your life who might enjoy seeing photos from your life, aura frames are the way to go.
0: Judge, there's a very special mom in my life, Ms. Teresa Thorne. Yes. Uh, that's my wife and also a, a whole human being in her own right. Guess what's, guess what's on her bedside table? Yes, that's right. You guessed it in one, an aura frame. <laughs> what I love about the aura frame is you don't have to load a bunch of stuff onto an SD card or whatever, like with the old digital frames. It is so easy to get the pictures on there. So, like when Teresa texts me a cute picture of one of our children or our dog, uh, or one of our siblings texts us a cute picture of one of them or one of their children. Uh, all I have to do is hit that share button on my phone and I can share it right to the frame and then it lives there for as long as I want. I can also take it off whenever I want, but I don't even have to open the Aura Frames app, which is a great app, but I don't even have to go there. It just goes straight into wherever I want it, uh, whichever frame I want, or I have multiple Aura Frames in my house or all of them. Uh, It is incredibly easy. That's why Wirecutter chose it as the best digital photo frame. That's why it's one of Oprah's favorite things. Uh, It is guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages.
1: Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame.
0: That's A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use the code HODGMAN at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Guys, you've got this plan to move to New York. But the plan has not happened. Nope. Why not?
4: Okay. We can't move until we have jobs, or Mm -hmm. at least, you know, some semblance of of jobs. Mm -hmm. And Dan, for a while, was working as a paralegal in Westchester, Mm -hmm. and then that stopped working out. And we were both looking for jobs in the city, and now I am gainfully employed in White Plains. Mm-hmm. It's very excellent. It's very gainful. I'm working at Planned Parenthood. I'm like an adult.
1: Congratulations! Congratulations! Thanks, thanks, yeah. guys.
4: But the point it's is, very. It's very would new. you guys? Would you like? Would you like me to step
1: out for a minute, guys?
4: No, I okay. want to keep talking. Yeah.
1: Okay. The point is, you guys are having a little. Uh, Harry's in there being Bruno Kirby to your uh, to your Meg Ryan and uh, and uh, Billy no. Crystal sammy yes you are gainfully employed at planned planned parenthood in white plains currently
4: in hawthorne yes like a few minutes from white plains okay
1: and what is it that you would want to do in in new york city
4: well my plans to move to new york are sort of on hold now that i got this job right. but dan has not gotten a job um Dan's been applying for a lot of jobs, mostly paralegal positions in New York and around New York. Mm-hmm. And nothing has materialized. And he's not, like we sort of were saying, he's into the arts. He's not looking for any arts or writing jobs the way that Harry is in L.A. Well, he's me, looking me... for, like, legal, boring business jobs. Well,
1: <laughs> I, I appreciate the fact that you're willing to, to speak for Dan and tell I me yeah. what Dan's plans are in his life and what his dreams are. But on the last Dan... That very question in a moment. But right now, I'm going to ask you, are you going to work at Planned Parenthood for the rest of your life? You're going to work there for 40 years and then get a gold watch at the end?
4: I don't know. I no. don't think so. Well, I don't, I'll tell I don't you right know. Now, I'm you're... a kid. I can't like plan ahead like that. Right. I don't know. Well, first of all, I'll
1: tell you right now, that's not going to happen because Mitt Romney. <laughs>
4: right. It's not going to happen.
1: President, President Romney is going to get rid of that, uh, that uh, parasitic <laughs> yeah. organization. First
4: thing. No, second yeah. thing. He's yeah. going to get rid of that. Yeah.
1: And second and... of all, you must have some dream uh, beyond that, unless that is your dream. So, Sammy, you... You you and Dan a couple of non non lovers <laughs> moving to New York City you've got to have a dream what is the dream what is the dream Sammy
4: Well my dream yeah Well my dream I, I don't know this dream is pretty this job's pretty close to a dream job but um well that's the difference between
1: a dream and a dream job
4: Well my dream is to continue doing this type of activist okay. work Correct. and you know forever
1: so why so why mo- <laughs> why would you want to move to New York City
4: well, because New York is, is where it's at. New York is where where my I, I'm somebody that just said New York is where it's at. Where it's at. Yeah. No, that's
1: that's that's what kids are saying now.
4: Me and Dan have been involved in a couple of feminist coalitions and other activist groups mm-hmm. that are centered in New York Okay, City. So, you know, I plan on even though I'm working in Westchester, I will be spending a lot of time in the city in the foreseeable future. And I think Dan plans on doing that as well.
1: Dan, do you have free will, or are you the homunculus plaything of your two best friends slash lovers?
2: I suppose something in between.
1: That is a a very self abnegating thing to say. Do you have a dream of your own?
2: Um, well, as Sammy said, I was I would like to work um, for a law firm that does I don't know does good work. Like I've tried to work at the ACLU and like Lambda. Um, but having failed to get a job as Sammy has, I have resorted to looking for regular depressing jobs, um, in offices with cubicles. Mm-hmm. I was at, uh, three temp agencies in Midtown today. Um, and I am, I, uh, so I'm not sure about free will as well because of that.
1: So, so you also would like to be, uh, uh, work in activism in some way, right?
2: Yes, yeah, yeah. Um I think that's a dream uh, as you mentioned uh working for a nonprofit or something that could assure me that I am doing something that is partially good.
1: Okay. You'll grow out of that eventually, but that's good to know yeah. right now. That's fine. Sure. Uh but you do but you do not when you say you want to work at a law firm you do not want to be an attorney?
2: Uh I don't want to go to school. Um <laughs> I was a spectacularly poor student. Mhm. I bought the headset that I'm using 10 minutes before this recording, mm-hmm. and that was the attitude that I had towards school assignments as well, <laughs> um, <laughs> consistently, if I did them at all. So I don't want to go back to school and be a lawyer.
1: Uh, okay. So you would not clarify yourself as a, as a, as a dedicated student? No.
0: Right. Dan, would you say that one of your career goals is to be one of the male characters on the show Girls?
2: I, I suppose so. Um, I haven't watched it yet. I've been meaning to. Sammy and Harry both. <laughs> I've been telling me to constantly. I finally started Mad Men again yesterday, <laughs> on their advice.
1: And so, what do you do with your time in White Plains these days? What do you do during the day, and how much of the day do you spend on the porch smelling paste and and smelling well, and smelling I've, compressed air that you use to clean computers? Like, what are you doing with your
2: time? I've been lucky enough this month that my unemployment has cons- coincided with the European soccer tournament. <laughs> Um, I also, um, I, uh, unfortunately my, I was writing when I was working and now that I'm not working, I'm not writing anything either, which is, um, so mainly I, uh, hang out with my friends, I think.
1: Are you secretly, are you secretly, um, uh, sort of, uh, reverse psychology campaigning for the Mitt Romney presidency? Because you are kind of <laughs> Mitt Romney's like you you are the villain in the mitt romney story you're you're a young person collecting unemployment who vaguely aspires to work for a nonprofit who is who is in a um in a, a, a an uncategorizable maybe love affair polyamorous weird cuddle puddle with a woman with a woman who wants to uh who, who wants to work for planned parenthood and a dude uh who, <laughs> who, uh, who, who's living in, uh, in Los Angeles and, uh, and you're, and you're, you're spending your time watching European soccer. You're the worst. Uh, wow. I, have I've, I've uh, do, do you want anything? Do you want to move to LA? Do you want to move to New York? Are you aware of your surroundings now,
2: sir? Do you know where you are? I'm, on the, um, I'm lying lot, on the floor. In a lot of ways, I, I my chair lie. was creaking so much. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting on the floor.
1: Do you live? Um, at, do you live at home with your parents?
2: Yes, I do. Okay,
1: and Sammy, but I do that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sammy, you do as well. Okay. I do. All right, let's give Harry some time because he's been very
3: quiet for a while.
1: Harry, yes. What do you do out there in LA? Uh, I'm a writer, yeah. and what kind of writer?
3: Um an aspiring television writer and in the meantime a blogger. Are you gonna succeed? Uh, fingers crossed.
1: You got to LA, didn't you?
3: Yes, and I worked very, very hard.
1: And uh and did you uh did you uh, take a lot of handouts from your mom and dad to get there?
3: Um yeah, they helped me a lot. I yeah. since coming out here I've supported myself with jobs and um occasionally collecting unemployment between jobs, but I, I'm <laughs> I'm not gonna pretend that my parents haven't helped me out tremendously. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, that's fine. I'm not I'm not I'm not casting aspersions. But you're out there. You're working. What kind of jobs are you working?
3: Um, usually, I work as a production assistant on television shows.
1: That's that. You're doing exactly the right thing. It's uh, that's hard work. Uh, it's work requires a lot of discipline. You're learning a lot about a lot, a lot about the business. You are on a track, aren't you?
3: I hope so. You're Thank not, you. You're
1: not lying down on the floor.
3: I'm not, not lying down on any floor. floors. Okay.
1: Uh, you're not Excuse me, Dan. You're not sitting on the floor.
3: I am at least a foot above the floor. Right.
1: You're up on your feet. You're making tracks. (laughs) That's right. You're buying headsets weeks before you need them. Weeks, months. Yeah, exactly. So you may not even know that you what you need a headset for, but you got one, right? That's correct. Okay. Now, Dan mentioned and I'm asking you, Harry. Yes. Dan mentioned that he was doing some writing. What kind of writing does he do?
3: Um, he actually does really excellent writing. Um, he writes some short stories and some essays Mm -hmm. and I really, I, I cannot speak highly enough of his writing.
1: And aside from putting his writing down, uh, on a typewriter and then using a mimeograph to make copies of it at the Kinko's and then, uh, throwing it down a well, what else is he doing to get his work out there in the world?
3: Um, well, he doesn't throw it down well. What he did when he and Sammy were doing their zine uh, book style was he would write essays and he would encourage his friends to write essays and he would, like you said, make copies of them and then he would hand them out at different punk shows that uh, they would go to. And I'm not telling him that he needs to be, you know, Norman Mailer tomorrow, but the fact that he was writing and showing people his writing all the time was really awesome and I really, really liked that.
1: Mm-hmm. And why do you think he stopped?
3: Um, I think he stopped because he's feeling a little bit unmotivated lately. Uh, I, cause he's looking for work and that's really depressing and I can completely relate to that. But I think that in particular, living at home is something that's, uh, become too much of a, a, a safety pad for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he, there's not enough going on. That's really scary to him. That makes him motivated to do more exciting things.
0: Hold on. Something here doesn't ring true to me. You're saying that Dan has seemed unmotivated lately. That's just crazy. <laughs> uh, so you think you think that he's
1: he's living living in the bosom of the socialist paradise of white plains. I the wish sa- the safety net of his parents and uh, and European style soccer. He's in the hammock of the safety net and uh, and he's not getting out.
3: Um, I think that's right. He said that when he was working, he was writing more. And that's true. And I think that's because he hated his job so much. He was feeling more motivated to do things that uh, that excited him and challenged him. And I think that he needs to do something like that again. You're saying
1: that if he moves to Los Angeles, he's going to break out of this cycle of uh, hatred of his job and uh, and complete apathy about his life.
3: He may well hate his job out here, too, but I do think that he'll break out of the cycle that he's in right now if he moves somewhere new. (laughs)
1: Dan, what kind of writing would you do if if you were going to be doing it?
2: Uh, I, I like like Harry said. I, I I guess I often start projects or I think about starting things. Um, I certainly did do some zine writing um, in essay form uh, mm-hmm. when I was working. So more of that. There was some music writing, some history writing.
1: Right, specifically. Um, essays some short stories
2: there was there were actually sammy and i each wrote a zine essay about old table okay um
1: i'm glad i'm glad you guys are getting your friend's band name into this uh into this (laughs) podcast as much as possible i wish you were as ambitious with your own careers as you seem to be for their careers i will check thank you i will check them out no sammy you know what harry yes i don't like your tone harry as usual (laughs) <laughs> sammy sammy's got a job in the in, right. a, in, yes. a, in a profession that she that she uh is interested in and has a measure of uh of self-respect and i'm guessing uh some presentable uh, work clothes right sammy
4: yes you had to, did you have to I go do. out and, and
1: get some get some new uh, blouses I and did. such yeah. yeah
4: yeah i'm totally professional attire these right. days
1: is dan dan is the one who's stuck i you
2: wore know? a tie today
4: yeah, some, I see him a lot wearing a suit. He has a lot of interviews. He wears suits for those. Or sometimes he wears, like, jeans to those. That happens sometimes. That too. happened
2: once. Yeah, you're try,
1: don't, try to, don't try to pretty up this picture, Sammy. <laughs>
4: I, I won't.
1: Dan, your two best friends, Harry and Sammy. Harry wants you to move to L.A. because he thinks it's going to give you a boost. Sammy wants you to stay in White Plains, keep you near. And I don't think it's just because she wants to keep you down on the farm. But she's got other plans for you guys. Moving to New York city, live in a crazy glamorous life of a paralegal and a Planned Parenthood employee, <laughs> just like in the thin man.
2: <laughs>
1: but Dan, I think they both have a sense that something's not working in your life, right? Yes. Would you agree? Something's not working in your life. Yes. All right. So what do you think it's going to take to make you happy? Moving to LA, staying in white Plains, Moving to New York, finally admitting to Sammy that you love her, running off with her to 1993 and making zines all day. What?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, Harry said a minute ago. I don't want to hear about that, what
1: Harry said. I want you to answer my question. What moving out
2: of uh, my parents' house would help uh, okay. to another place would help.
1: Because yeah. I, I, I want you to. And here's the thing. I think that you're stuck, right? Because uh, maybe you're not totally being honest with yourself. And I need to know, honestly, what's going to make you happy before I decide what your fate is going to be. And I'll let you know that I have the soccer scores right here in front of me. Oh, no. I will reveal them to you.
2: You would not do that.
1: Did you hear me spoil ga- uh, season one of Game of Thrones a couple weeks ago? I will do it. I will, no. take, I will take the heat from Twitter and the, and the stairs on the subway. <laughs> I'm talking about the people staring at me, not the stairs on the subway, not climbing up the stairs.
2: Today. <laughs> take the two at a time
1: yeah uh i will take the people staring at me angrily on the subway for mysterious reasons so Uh i'm ready to go so say it right out move out of your parents house
2: uh i need to get a job so that uh i can dislike it and thus want to write again
1: okay is that going to happen in white plains
2: um, it could, I am looking for jobs in New York, um, in New one York city, day in New
1: York city and in New
2: York city. Up? Yeah. I'm I'm not looking for jobs in white Plains. I worked here for like a year. Well, for two years, I worked here for a while over the last couple of years. And I think that I need to move from out of this town. I would agree.
1: Okay. And, and if you move to New York city, Sammy, what are you going to do?
4: It depends. It depends. I mean, there, there's talk of Dan and I moving to the Bronx and then I could sort of commute to Westchester and he could commute down. A lot of our friends live in the Bronx. Uh
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Is that something you could afford on that big planned parenthood salary?
4: Oh, I could, yeah. Uh (laughs) Definitely in the Bronx. Parts of the Bronx. Parts of the Bronx. Parts of the Bronx.
1: Bronx. No no one's moving to Manhattan, okay? That's for sure. No one in their (laughs) twenties is allowed to move to Manhattan unless unless they are the son of international royalty. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Besides, you guys love cassette tapes and zines. You belong in Brooklyn. You don't even belong in Brooklyn. You belong in the new you belong in the Brooklyn of Brooklyn, which is the Bronx. <laughs> yeah. It's there you true. go. Right?
4: I mean, there's a chance that, that that plan wouldn't happen and that Dan would get a job in New York and move to Brooklyn. Um he has a friend who lives in Sunset Park.
1: You're very you have rose tinted glasses on, Sammy. I'm not suggesting that Dan isn't capable of doing great things. Uh if if he weren't, I have I would imagine you wouldn't uh be unwilling to admit that you're in love with him (laughs) sammy yeah you don't you you're not in love with dan right
4: i'm not in love with dan
1: are you in love with harry
4: no (laughs) harry
3: (laughs) yes
1: are you in love with dan
3: a little bit honestly it's something i've dealt with my whole life yeah
2: we've talked about it
1: is that for truths
2: oh yeah oh yeah. yeah
1: and are you uh, are you a, a, a person who is attracted to other men sexually and in, as life partners?
3: Occasionally.
1: Okay. So you're you're uh, you're also Mitt Romney's uh, night terror. <laughs> that's very generous. Thank what? you. <laughs> uh, so that that's a whole other dimension to this. But you're but you're comfortable just being pals with Dan? Are you in love with uh Ari? You want to be like Harry I, Harry? I love Harry. Of course. We all love Harry. Even when I'm being mean to him, I, I, I adore that little guy.
2: <laughs> I also love Sarah, his partner. Yeah, of six years. Yeah.
1: Wait a minute. Harry, what are you doing to me yes. here?
2: <laughs> uh, you know, it's
3: 2012, man. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, you weren't, but you weren't joking around with me
3: before. No, like, no, absolutely no, no, was, not. You were,
1: no. you were, you were because you're under fake oath.
3: I'm under fake oath and I'm I'm being sincere that I'm head over heels for my partner of six years, but since I've known Dan, I have off and on been very much in love with him in a romantic way. So
1: maybe so maybe you're not Mitt Romney's night terror. Maybe you're maybe uh maybe you're practicing trying to practice polygamy in a whole new way.
3: <laughs> a new, more mundane way, I guess.
1: Uh you guys are so complicated, you kids.
2: We want to reclaim polygamy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. We want to, we, we want to start. It's a called, whole, it, yeah. Go ahead. Sam, it's I called, hear,
2: what is
3: it? It's
4: called polyamory now. That's what they call it's it. true. Yeah,
3: yeah. We don't believe in marriage, your honor. Yeah, 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 yeah There's right, a sloth right. a song about it. Right.
1: Right. It's a new, it's a whole, it's a whole new uh, artisanal polygamy that we're working on <laughs> in, in weird, undiscovered reclaimed corners of, uh, of the Bronx. Yes. Kids. I don't know if I can advise you. You guys are living on another planet. <laughs> In a terrible economy that I don't understand, making zines at a time when you should not be making zines. You are like creatures out of time. Unfrozen cavemen standing before me in the shape of young Billy Crystal, Bruno Kirby, and Meg Ryan. Can I see across time and give you some advice that is going to be meaningful? Can I choose the fate of Dan? I will continue my internal monologue in my chambers, and
0: I will come back with my decision. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Wow, this is so complicated. I don't even know where to begin, yeah. but um, Dan, I'm going to start with you. Uh, where do you think this thing is going um, to head?
2: I, to I'm not sure. I, I, I think I, I think that the judge may be leaning towards the Bronx.
0: Uh, but I don't know. Sam, how are you feeling?
4: I feel pretty, pretty okay. I'm not sure I got to fully make my case, but I feel pretty
0: confident. Harry, how about you?
3: Well, I'm not optimistic about Dan's future in Los Angeles, but if Dan ends up doing something that makes him really happy, I'll be very happy.
0: That's nice. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. I got nothing else, guys. This whole thing is such a web. Well, welcome, welcome back to
1: Young People's Court, <laughs> where, where there are no laws. It's basically barter town in here. I don't know. I don't, all procedure has been thrown out the window, and, uh, and you're, all, you're all standing there uh, weirdly in the nude holding hands and, and, uh, and asking me to decide the fate of this young man, Dan. Here is what I want to say. There are some famous people who come from White Plains. One of them is Joseph Campbell. Do you know who Joseph Campbell is?
2: I didn't know he came from White Plains. The the writer of the um the man with the with a thousand faces, something like that. Hero
1: with a thousand faces. That's Hero right, with a thousand Dan. Faces. Yeah, that's right, Dan. And I'm. A little, I haven't read it. I've I gotta, heard about it. I got to tell you, Harry, I'm a little disappointed that you did not jump all over that one. The one time you managed to keep your tongue. How can you an aspiring television and media writer not jump all over Joseph Campbell? The hero with a thousand faces is the epitome of the um the screenplay structure cliché at this point. It, it is. is it is of course the structure uh, of Star Wars and yep. and it is now believed to be the only the only way a movie can be told. <laughs> and even if you don't agree with that, which I don't, it's still, uh, it still outlines what Joseph Campbell wrote about in Hero with a Thousand Faces, the monomyth. The ur-story that all stories flow from still outlines an incredibly powerful story structure that begins with what? Come on, Harry, you must have taken a screenplay seminar at one point.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the main character needs to leave their comfortable environment. The mm. call
1: to adventure, exactly. Yeah. The call to adventure, followed by receiving supernatural aid. Followed by meeting with the goddess slash atonement with the father, and then the return. Let's throw return out the window because you're not gonna you're never gonna go back to White Plains except for maybe, you know, <laughs> ho- holidays to atone with your father or whatever. And you aren't currently receiving supernatural aid from me. So so far so good. Now it yes. is time to start the story with the call to adventure. You acknowledge that there's nothing for you in White Plains anymore, correct? Yes. You've tried your hardest to stay there. You've looked for jobs there. White Plains doesn't want you. It is rejecting yes. you in every, in every way, isn't it? Yeah. You got, you got to make a jump out of that house. You're 25 years old. you got to get out of your parents' house. you got to heed the call to adventure. You've got Harry out there luring you out with the adventure of Los Angeles, but I have not heard any interest whatsoever in the world of Los Angeles. You have none. Is that correct?
2: I well, I do. I, we have uh, you know, Harry's there, and several other friends. I I'm interested in Los Angeles as an abstract uh, <laughs> adventure call, mm-hmm. I suppose.
1: If you were to do any sort of writing, you are not interested in writing for film or television, or are you?
2: Um, I don't think so. Harry and I, I tried to do a little of that in the past, but I haven't. I don't think so.
1: I think that you got to move to the Bronx. The adventure is there. The adventure is waiting for you in the Bronx. As is the goddess, the meeting with the goddess, Sammy. All- oh, no. <laughs> you, you, are, you are the goddess that he has to meet in the Bronx to fulfill the hero's journey. you got to fulfill your dream and get out of there and move to the Bronx or anywhere in New York City. Because there's one thing that's true. People think they might want to move to New York City. They got to give it a try. It's a miserable miserable place to live (laughs) in a lot of ways. And in many ways, it's like a terrible addiction because you get stuck here and then you can't afford to leave even if you wanted to. And for some people, it's a perfect place. And for some people, it's not. But if you feel a desire to move there, you have to do it. Otherwise, you're just going to live your life not ever having done it. Especially if you're living in, in White Plains and you, kinda de- and you don't really desire to live in White Plains anymore, you can't keep living there without giving it a try. Now's the time, you're in your 20s, you got to do it. You're two kids who are not in love. you got to move to New York together and see what happens. That's the hero's journey, at least in When Harry Met Sally. <laughs> if you had aspirations, Dan, to any kind of... Of,
2: of any kind.
1: Well, of any kind.
2: <laughs> but
0: I don't.
1: But, but to, to anything involving the, the, the cinematic arts or the televised arts, mm-hmm. then, I, then I would suggest that you move to Los Angeles because that's where it happens. Harry and his girlfriend, uh, her name is not Sally, though, right, Harry?
3: Her name is Sarah, Sarah. and we prefer the term partner.
1: Part, excuse me. That's okay. <laughs> Harry and his other number. Uh, live there, as well as some other friends. Soccer is watched there. It is sunny. It is nice. It probably will improve your temperament, and it is frankly cheaper to live in uh, than where you are. Uh, but I think you you did not express any particular interest in working in those fields. And to be in Los Angeles, unless you are in comedy or in music or in performance, um, or unless you have some other great job. If you're not interested in working in the entertainment industry, you kind of end up being a person without a country. Whereas New York is a, is a multivalent place uh, with vectors into lots and lots of different industries, career paths, nonprofits, and everything else. Um, that I think uh, is a better place for you to, to sit around on the floor in and think <laughs> about where you're going to go next. But I know one floor is not appropriate for you, and that is your, the floor of your parents' house. And Sammy, you made this case to keep him on the east coast and you're the one with a job so you are the one that I am charging with getting him out of that house and down to an apartment in the Bronx which you guys are gonna share chastely (laughs) (laughs) because I think that would be amusing. This is the sound of a gavel.
0: (laughs) Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. So, Dan, I guess the question is for you. How do you feel about Judge John Hodgman's decision?
2: I, I feel like it was a it was very judicial. Um, I think that plenty of people are sentenced to the Bronx. Um, there are uh, prisons there, I think. And um, <laughs> and I am honored to be among them.
0: Do you think this is going to change your life?
2: Um, I, a, a mutual friend of ours, I was driving him around the Bronx at night once and without a map and Harry, you know, the story. And, um, yeah. I told him that I had knowledge of the Bronx, um, and that I was able to drive him. And he said that knowledge of the Bronx was a tragic knowledge. <laughs> and so, yes, yeah, so I think it's good.
1: The fact that you uh, told that story. Uh, It means you will never uh, live in Los Angeles. (laughs) That is some, that is totally, that is some, some deep zine grade, hard ass poetry. (laughs) I don't think, I don't think you would survive in a happy place.
0: Sammy, how are you feeling?
4: I feel pretty good. I feel like, uh. Now Dan maybe can move on to the next chapter in his life. And the best reason for me and Dan not to ever date is that now John Hodgman would be saying, I told you so. So
0: that's good, too. (laughs) Harry, how are you feeling?
3: Um, I agree with Sammy. I'm happy that Dan's going to be doing the next thing. And I hope that he comes to visit me more frequently than he has so far.
0: Very well. Well, all three of you, thank you for joining us on Judge John Hodgman. Judge Hodgman, I have to say that the main difference between experiencing that case and watching an episode of Girls is that that case didn't have any weirdly emotionally fraught sex scenes. I'm sorry,
1: Jesse. I wasn't paying attention. I was just uh, dipping these tampons into vodka in order to shove them into my every orifice (laughs) so I could keep the party rolling all night long. (laughs) Because I read that that's what kids do
0: on the Internet. Can we please just clear the docket?
1: This is Biz, and this is the final season of One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. This is going to be a year of celebrating all that makes this podcast and this community magical. I'm so glad that I found your podcast.
0: I just cannot thank you enough for just being the voice of reason as I'm trying to figure all of this out. Thank you
1: and cheers to your incredible show and the vision you had to provide this space for all of us. This is still a show about life after giving life. And yes, there will be swears. You can
4: find us on MaximumFun.org. And as always, you are doing a great job. All right, class tomorrow's exam will cover the science of cosmic rays the morals of art forgery and whether or not fish can drown any questions yes you in the back uh what is this it's the podcast let's learn everything
1: where we learn about science and a bit of everything else my name's Tom. I studied cognitive and computer science, but I'll also be your teacher for intermediate emojis.
4: My name's Caroline, and I did my masters in biodiversity conservation, and I'll be teaching you intro to things the British Museum stole. My name's Ella. I did a PhD in stem cell biology, so obviously, I'll be teaching you the history of fan fiction. Class meets every other Thursday on Maximum Fun. So, do I still get credit for this? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> obviously not. No, it's a podcast.
0: <laughs> We're getting out of control. Here's something from Tony. I have a dispute with my work colleague and good friend, Chris, who is obsessed with making puns and double entendres. He can't seem to go for an hour without slipping one in, as it were. While recruiting recently, he wanted to hire one applicant simply because his name was you, as it would give Chris hours of amusement. I seek a ruling that Chris be limited to only playing on words during his personal time rather than at work. We're stuck in the lawless wastelands of Australia, and we need some hard bush-style justice. That's uh, bush of uh, the Australian bush, like I think. the outback. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Jesse, I understand that there is an allure to puns, but I wish people would resist it. You may know that uh, for the jacket of my book, I required a ferret skeleton for a photo shoot of the Chateau Marmont, and I sent a message out over Twitter If anyone out there has access to a ferret skeleton and can get it to the Chateau Marmont by June 3rd, let me know, not a joke. And even though I said not a joke, I got this reply. Are you sure you don't mean the Chateau Marmot?" I got that pun almost a hundred times from a hundred different individuals all over the country simultaneously like their brain had been infected with this terrible, terrible pun made me so mad marmot isn't anything like a ferret they're not even from the same order jesse you know uh, uh, a marmot's a a rodent rodentia ferret carnivora all that pun did was enrage me and it did not get me any closer to my ferret skeleton which i then had to order a buzz market from skulls unlimited in oklahoma city your one-stop shop for articulated ferret skeletons and other skeletons that you might need puns are placeholders for jokes. They are not jokes. They show that you have a facility for language. I'll grant you that. But jokes are stories. They have a little bit of a beginning, a middle, and an end. A pun is just a dumb vocabulary puzzle. A pun is like boggle, whereas a joke is a thing of beauty and elegance, like Scrabble. So please, take it easy with the puns. Double entendres, also non-jokes because they can be funny in that they point towards um, taboo acts and humor often proceeds from contemplation of the taboo but because double entendres all point to the same small uh, repertoire of taboo acts they essentially are relying on innuendo instead of actual joke making in other words as long as it points to the same dumb act it doesn't need to be particularly imaginative or that's what she said I am happy to rule against your pun-happy, innuendo-happy coworker, and tell him to keep it to himself. Because for, for those reasons, and for a third very important reason, that if he begins hiring people solely for the point of making fun of their name, because it will suit one of his dumb puns, then that is an addiction that has gone too far. And if the person that he hires for this reason is named you, why you, and is presumably an Asian person, he is going to seem like a racist and then be fired from his job. So please, Australians, ease up on the puns. Jesse, do you have anything else you want to talk about here on the uh, Judge John Hodgman podcast?
0: I want to suggest that people listen to my informative interviews with folks in the arts and culture on my smash It public radio program Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. Culture recommendations, in-depth interviews, uh, comedy, all kinds of fun stuff. You can find it in iTunes or online at MaximumFun.org. One recent interview that a lot of people enjoyed was my interview with Ice-T about his movie, Something From Nothing, The Art of Rap. It turns out that the reason Ice-T is famous is because he is the most charismatic person ever. Anyway, go to MaximumFun.org or subscribe in iTunes. Bullseye with me, Jesse Thorne.
1: And hey, Jesse. Yeah. Can I say something? Of course. Look, by the time this thing airs, it's going to be the dead of summer. Everyone's going to be really hot. They're going to be tired. And they're going to be looking for some good news. And I don't know if this is going to make anyone feel any better. But I just want to say that yesterday we finished recording the audiobook of That Is All. A lot of people on Twitter have been asking me about it. Was it was ever going to get done, and I accept your I accept your ironic slow clap, Jesse, because uh, it was a lot of fun to make. I, mean, it was, uh, I think it's going to be really good, and we're putting it all together now. And it's got some amazing guests, some old guests from last time, like Dick Cavett and Rachel Maddow, some new guests, uh, including uh, uh, well, some surprises. Let's just say and uh and it's going to come out soon and i appreciate your patience everybody and i'm really glad you kept the pressure on for me to do it and i'm really glad that it came together the way it did and i hope you will like it it'll come out uh in october and um and uh with the uh, paperback of that is all but i just wanted to let everyone know because if you guys are using headsets podcasts uh car stereos to listen to things you might be listening to other things you might be among the people who wondered when was he ever going to get it done well i got it done and thank you for your patience
0: If you want to submit a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to maximumfundorg slash JJ Ho. Do it. Convince someone at your office to do it. How about that? How about uh, convince somebody traveling through town with a circus or carnival to do it? As long as someone goes to maximumfundorg slash JJ Ho and submits a great case for Judge John Hodgman. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Goodbye. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is a production of MaximumFun.org. Our special thanks to all of the folks who donate to support the show and all of our shows at MaximumFun.org slash donate. The show is produced by Julia Smith and me, Jesse Thorne, and edited by Mark McConville. You can check out his podcast, Super Ego, in iTunes or online at GoSuperEgo.com. You can find John Hodgman online at AreasOfMyExpertise.com. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. If you have thoughts about the show, join the conversation on our forum at Forum.MaximumFun.org and our Facebook group at Facebook.com slash Judge John Hodgman. We'll see you online and next time right here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast.